Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Well, good afternoon, Ellen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. It's a little actually almost sunny here in Michigan. We, I was just hearing on the radio this morning that we had the cloudiest January in history. And I'm like, uh-huh, you didn't have to tell any of the, us that. We knew it. Wow. We've had but, a lot of clouds too, but we have a pretty sunny day too. So that's well, great. Good. Uh, well, let me introduce um, all, all the parts. So if any of you are joining us for the first time, I am Melissa McLeod here at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. And along with my co-host, Megan Holmes at the Needlepoint Clubhouse, we have been hosting this Pointing It Out podcast for well over two years now. Um, and we bring things, all things Needlepoint to you. Uh, and today I'm very excited to introduce Ellen Davis. And I was going to say you were the owner of Mary L Needleworks. And I just found out that you're the co-owner. So shame on me for not knowing that. So um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Give us a little bit of background. Tell us how the company got named. Tell us about your co-owner. All those okay. things. Okay. I'm Ellen Davis. And I am the co-owner of Marielle Needlework Accessories. And the business got named after my daughter, Mary Ellen. Her name is spelled M-A-R-Y-E-L-L-E-N. But I named it after her in hopes that one day she would join me. <laughs> and how old never really happened. How old was she when you when you wished that upon yourself? Uh, 17, maybe late teen. And a couple of years ago, she was at her crossroads in her legal um, assistant job. And I said, come join me. And she did. And so I was so excited because that enabled me to make more and be able to go to market. And so it's been a really fun adventure. Well, that's fantastic. So, so let's back up for a minute because what I usually like to find out too, because I always think it's interesting is where do you live? Where do you work out of? Tell us a little bit about your family. If there's other members of the family besides that darling daughter of yours, um, who I have met at market, but I just thought she was being like a good team player and coming along and helping out mom. Cause that's what my daughter does. <laughs> well, we live in um, Birmingham, Alabama. Lovely. And, um, I do most of my work right here out of this room. She does a lot from home herself. And um, there's not really anyone else in the family that helps with the business. Um, But we do have some new team members. We have two people here in Birmingham that have started helping us. And we have a lady in Australia that is helping us. I thought so, I remembered that there was someone just a little bit across the pond helping you out. So mm-hmm. And how I may be jumping ahead because I feel like there's so many things I want to ask you, but um, 
how did that connection end up coming about? I mean, that's, it's not like you ran into her at the corner grocery store. <laughs> I found her on Etsy. Okay. And we were both making the collapsible thread catchers. Oh, and, I have and, one right here because it is one of my very favorite products of yours. Oh, so thank you. we will talk a lot about your different products, but I mean, I don't even, I don't understand how this whole thing even works. I mean, so we are on an audio podcast, but we also are on a visual uh, video podcast on YouTube. So if you are listening to us, this collapsible orc catcher is somehow made of fabric. It has a hard bottom. It has a hard ring. And somehow it stands up and then you can twist it and it folds down. And it's like, I, I can't get my head around how this possibly works, but um, it's fantastic for travel. And uh, if you are listening to us, if you hop on over to the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see this fabulous device, along with a lot of other things um, Ellen's going to show us today. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so she was making these as well, and you were making them. And did you both figure out how to make them like in a similar fashion, or was she doing them slightly different from you? Um, they were slightly different, but we were able to come together and um, decide how we wanted to make them uniformly. Okay. And so we both can make them and they turn out exactly alike. Fantastic. I we love it. A lot of them. Nice. Nice. Well, they are just a beautiful, elegant item that has such a great purpose. And yeah, we, we love them here. We, we've sold a lot of them at our shops. So, and I'm sure a lot of other shops could say the same thing. Thank um, you. Yeah. So Let's, like I said, I, I feel like I'm jumping all over already. I'm so sorry. Um, so you're in Birmingham and your daughter lives kind of nearby you? She does. She lives about five minutes away okay. in Homewood and I'm in Vestavia, both suburbs of Alabama, I mean of Birmingham, excuse me, okay. but we're very close. Nice, nice. Um, and so this is, was this like a spare bedroom that you transformed into your studio space? Is that where you are? It was spare space in the attic. And oh. we added this room um, several years ago when we needed more space for me to sew and have my beads and all my fabric and two or three sewing machines. And so there's a so lot you packed into this room. <laughs> you have a, a working level. So yeah. tell me this, um, give me a little synopsis of your background in handicrafts, in needlework, in sewing, all that sort of stuff. I love to do anything handwork related. Um, my grandmother taught me to sew when I was 10. She made a lot of my clothes when I was a little girl. Oh. And then she taught me to sew. My mother was a knitter. My sister's a knitter and an avid needle pointer as well. And so my I was lucky. My mother let me try anything that I wanted to try where crafts were related. And I would say that sewing is my very favorite. Okay. Um, and what do you like to make? Uh, do you, well, you, do you have the opportunity to make things outside of what you need to do for work? Um, lately, not too much. Yeah. Um, we do have a new grandson and That's so exciting. I'm trying to knit a sweater and a hat here and there, which I've accomplished, but that's Good about job. it. 
Good job. Well, uh, as a side note, we were actually just talking um, earlier today in the shop with a customer and she had said that she had something that someone made for her and she never used it because she was afraid it would get ruined. And I told her that a very dear friend of my mother's made my twins. Uh, I have 27-year-old twins and then I have a, a third child. But the she made the 27-year-old's sweaters when they were babies. And they were like three-month-old sizes. And I think they wore them once because I was like, oh, they're going to get ruined. So tell those parents of that grandbaby that um, wear it, wear it, wear it, because it's not going to fit for long. And it's better mm-hmm. to wear it out than to still have it in a pretty little box in your attic because it doesn't do you That's much good that true. way. Very true. I did the same thing yeah. with mine. <laughs> It's like you want to honor the fact that it was handmade, but you also need to honor the fact by it, that it was handmade by letting it see the light of day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Oh, well, that's exciting. So a little bit of need, knitting in your life, sewing. And do you needlepoint? I do. I do. I like needlepoint as well. Um, I like I like all of it. I just don't have enough time in the day. Always. But I do. That's- that, that's every uh, craftsperson's dilemma, right? For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. And have you had other um, careers in your background besides uh, this business that I want to dive into? Yes. Um, actually, I was went to school, nursing school, okay. and I worked in the nursery with the newborns for oh, about 15 gosh. years after that, and then started having my own children and retired to be a stay-at-home mom. Okay. And so is that kind of how this business was born? Because you were at home and getting a little antsy? Or how how did Marielle begin? Well, actually, I had another little business before this one. And that was that I did burp cloths. I did embroidered burp cloths. This was probably almost 30 years ago. Okay. And then the way this business got started, I went to the local needlepoint shop, which was Needleworks. Judith Carter was Judith. Judith was a very good friend of my old shop owner. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have ever talked about that, but um, I met Judith with Jean Candler, our old shop owner, and they were yeah. very, very good shop owner friends. Mm-hmm. And so I took a friend down there one day that I was going to help learn to needlepoint. And I said, well, you've got to have a needle minder. And she was out that day. And I said, well, Judith, can I try to make some? And she said, sure. She would let me do anything like that. She was very generous with her shop. And that's where it started. And the first cozy was just a little lump of felt. It was really funny. It's come a long way, baby, as they say, right? It has. Um, So that's sort of how I started. And then just one thing after another. And I I knew things that I would enjoy to have as a stitcher. And I have other stitchers tell me, well, try to make this. I need this. Or maybe a shop says, could you make this? I'll try. I'll try anything. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I... um, I think people kind of know me for loving like a really good tool or gadget that makes our crafting life easier because I always look at needlepoint like it should be all about the fun. And if it's not fun, then why are you doing it? And so sometimes having these little tools and gadgets make take out the parts of it that sometimes aren't fun and make it 
more fun because now life is easier. So um, right. I, I love that that's what you are providing. So that's fantastic. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about um, different parts in your line. It sounds like your needle koozies. Koozie, do you say koozies or cozies? I never know how to say it. Cozies. Okay. So I think it sounds like that was really your first product that has developed since the, yes. it's it, uh, in it's since its beginnings. And we have also sold gobs of those. And I think you have those in a few different sizes, correct? Yes. You want me to show them? Yes. We love a good yes. show and tell. I, I'll try to describe some things because like I said, some people are listening to us on our audio podcast and some people are watching us. So um, I may try to put in some descriptive words as we go, or you can feel free to do that as well. Okay. Okay. So this is the one that most people know as the cozy. It's about one inch in diameter. And I think and I own that exact same one. <laughs> yes, you have ordered lots and lots and lots of these. <laughs> After the first time we went to market. And I appreciate that so much. Um, it's just a great tool because I need a needle, Mary Ellen. So what what Ellen is showing us is it's made out of, I think, felted wool and it's it's drawn together into like a little cup almost. And it has beads around the edges. Um, And then there's a magnet that's affixed to the back of it that is two sided. So it becomes so you can put it on top of your canvas and, of course, have your magnet on the back. But the miracle of this is. Um, lots of, a couple different things that you don't really realize until you're actively using it or Ellen tells you. So tell us about um, all the pros of this, because there's a couple different things that I think are fantastic. Well, the main thing to me is how the needles just stand up like this magically in there. I don't really understand a lot about magnets, so I can't explain why it does this, but it's a great thing because you could thread several needles and have several needles ready. Um, so that's well, one thing. And I'm not a, how do I say this? I am not a 100% proper basket weaver, if that's a proper term. I'm not sure if that is or not, but technically when you do basket weave, you're working up and down the diagonal. So if you're going to do it 100% to the T correctly, you could have multiple needles going with all your different thread colors. I get confused and it gets a little complicated, but sometimes I will have a couple needles going, but it's really nice to have this ability for this little cupped needle minder to kind of, it, it your needles nestle into the little like ruffled edge almost where those beads are. And it just keeps them like kind of neat and tidy, which is really amazing. Yes. And also a property of the wool felt is that it will clean your needle because we get oil from our hands on the needles. So you can run the needle through the felt like that and it will clean your needle. So when you're pushing the needle in like parallel to the flat surface on the bottom Mm -hmm. and that's going to take all those oils and hopefully not in dirt, but you know, let's be honest, like maybe we're not always completely washing our hands when we go to stitch. And so that dual purpose is just amazing. So was that was that your goal when you set out to make this or did you just have some really cute little felt and you thought these would be cute? Well, I had some other kind of felt. I hadn't found this really nice thicker wool felt yet. Okay. And I just thought it would be cute because I love, I love felt. I love wool 
knitting, you know, with wool. And so it's just a fiber. It's just a, a, you know, a fabric that I really love. And it comes in so many cute colors. And I so say you have probably like that, eight or so, maybe even 10 really bright, fun, happy colors, which of course is mm -hmm. also what makes me love you. As a matter of fact, I think, do I see the wool right above your head on that shelf behind you? Yes, that's part yeah. some of it. That's some of it. <laughs> so those are the nice bright colors. So I'm looking at like a raspberry and a fuchsia and a turquoise and a royal blue and a lime green. So really bright, happy colors to kind of mm -hmm. liven up um, your needle points. So right. Yeah. And I think it do you use the neodymium. Is that am I yeah. saying that right? Absolutely. Uh, magnets, the earth magnets that are really strong. Mm -hmm. And do you hand bead those? Because there's little beads on there. We do. We do. Everything we make is handmade. We don't glue anything. Oh um, I've had people ask us about that before. And so we do, we do sew these on. Um, and what I recommend is that when you're putting, if you're putting your project in the bag, just stick the needle through like this all the way, probably wouldn't fall off, but just in case. Yes. Um, or keep your needle on the back too. Sometimes I do that with the, the back magnet that's nice and flat. Yes. Yeah. So those, so that's the original standard size. And don't those come in two, uh, uh, like kind of yes. an extra large and a mini currently? Is that correct? There is a mini. Um, there's one up on that thing on the wall. On the, here's the three inch size. We call this one the giant cozy. Okay. And this one has a really strong magnet. You can see how big it is. Um, so it will hold even up to a small pair of scissors wow. and multiple threads and whatever else you want to put in it. Um, people tend to like these for big projects, like if for they sure. have it on a big frame and they can put a lot of needles or scissors, laying tools, whatever I they might it. need to. I love it. And the minis, I think, are this brand is new. Is that correct? They are. I made it as a, a gift and um, to someone who doesn't like to put a lot of red or do, doesn't use any red, but she makes a lot of Christmas canvases. I said, you've got to have a red cozy, but I made her this one and sent it to her as a gift. And so it just sort of took off and we've had some orders for these. <laughs> Well, I so, think you'll be yeah. having some more because the sometimes I, we have a lot of stitchers that um, really only stitch ornaments. And so they don't have a lot of canvas space. So it looks like it's mm -hmm. about two thirds of the size of the original. Yes. Um, you can see there the size difference. Really cute. Really and cute. it would probably be the needle would more likely sit on top. You could still stick it through. Right, right. Oh, well, they're darling, darling. Okay, so that was kind of your first big product. Then what was born next? Well, I did a lot of things for Amy Bunger. Do you remember when oh. she was doing the um, the Henry VIII wives? Of course, of course. I did some fancy beaded um, scissor fobs for her. And... Um, they were called the medallion scissor fob. Okay. Did you ever see one of those? I vaguely remember that. I I am not um, I'm not knowledgeable enough to be a true Anglophile, so I know enough to be dangerous. But so I have a vague recollection, and of course, her stitch guides for those were fantastic. 
Yeah. Um, I think they're labors of love canvases. Is that correct? I believe so. I think mm-hmm. so too. Just to, mm-hmm. just to give people proper credit. So, right. Um, right. and Amy owned a fabulous store and I, I say it like I was there. I was never fortunate enough to be there, but she is a true, true talent. And she owned a fabulous store in Memphis. And actually one of the gals that worked very closely with her is a good friend to our shop. And uh, it was always on my back bucket list to go down there and take a class with her. And I missed my opportunity, I'm afraid, but I've got lots of her stitch guides. So she was, yes. um, she is an amazingly creative stitcher. It, it's yes. bar none. It's, she's amazing. So um, that's quite a compliment to have um, someone like Amy reach out to you. So hey, I feel like she gave me a big leg up. Um, so that was sort of the next thing was scissor fobs. Okay. And one thing led to another and all of a sudden I'm making laying tools and I think laying tools with the rings on the top came next. And then I think Mary Ellen actually helped me design the laying tool with the needle minder at the end. Okay. Um, So that's just sort of how it happened. And if I, happen to think of something, oh, that might work. I'll try it. And if not, that's okay. I've had some of those too. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. Everything's um, not always a win, but I think you have some really cute accessory kits. As a matter of fact, you were very generous and donated a little quilted accessory pouch that was full of all sorts of toys. Our friend uh, Pat won that prize at the end of the year, and she was just absolutely gobsmacked over it. She was thrilled. And I think you have some other Oort bowls that aren't collapsible. Is that correct? Yes. This is, um, I call this one the Oort catcher. And I have it turned inside out. You could use it either way, but we use quilting 100% cotton on the inside. And most of them right now seem to be Liberty Fabrics, Liberty of London. People love Liberty of London. And this is the Liberty of London dogs. You brought that one out just by accident, didn't you? You know, I love dogs. (laughs) And so usually you would use it with the wool outside so that your orts would not stick to the felt. But you could use it either. And this one is very good for travel too, because you can just fold it up and put it in your bag and then just reshape it. So somehow it pops right back up. So, you know, as always, I know enough to be dangerous. So does it kind of pop back up because wool has memory? Like, is that part of it? Or is it the way it's structured when you put it together? I think it's more about, well, the wool, the form is important that it has some body to the fabric, but it has, I think, 10 seams around it. So I think that's what, you know, really keeps it into the bowl shape. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Cause you're right. I've seen, I've seen people like basically like roll them up into a ball practically and then they pull them out and they look brand new still. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like those, uh, the collapsible ones too. I still, like I said, can't get my head quite around how these stay standing up, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us about your quilted accessories. Are those available in a bunch of different sizes? Do you have some standard sizes? Yes. I've, this is a new size. This is the, I'm going to call it the double extra large. And if I can compare them, 
Well, I should just call it extra large. I don't know how to compare <laughs> it here. I'll have to give some sizes later, but um, it's a good bit larger than the original large. I would say two inches longer, an inch wider, and maybe an inch taller. And so you could put a lot in this zipper pouch. And what are most, what are most um, stitchers using? Like using that for laying tools, scissors, thread Every, packs, all of the above? I would say, you know, tools. It's not big enough for a project, but definitely a lot of tools. Okay. Very pretty. Then, you do that on a number of different fabrics, correct? So you have yes, different, different have, size and fabric combinations. Yes, we have a lot of different. Here's the Liberty Green. Oh, so pretty. And then you showed the um, the coronation fabric. We still have it. Love that. And then I also really like Cave. So oh. when I first started making my zipper pouches, there were more Cave because I love bright and green is my favorite color. So I'll, I'll admit something. I don't know why I always have to admit all the things I don't know is it's a strange thing about me, but I've never known how to properly pronounce his name, him, right? Yes. Yes. I, I have always mispronounced that. So I learned today how to pronounce the thing I used to say that spelled K-A-F-F-E. So thank you for that. Well, that's how I learned it. Someone corrected me too. So Okay. Well, thankfully I didn't say it wrong, but I'm telling you, it's always gone on wrong in this noggin of mine. So same here. So here's a pretty pink one. Oh, beautiful. Another pink one. This little bitty one has been popular for people to put their AirPods in. Oh, um, and you've got a little lobster clasp on there. Do I see that on the side? Yes. Mm -hmm. It has a clasp on one end and a D-ring. And we also decorate them with flower beads. Oh, your, your beads that you put on everything. It's just, it's like a, this little tiny gift at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> They're just lovely. Really we cute. Love those darling let's see we have some new shapes coming out for spring market oh um, we get to see a first first uh things first i love it yes this is about 10 inches long okay and it's narrow about five inches tall and you can order them with the clasp or not if you want to attach it to another project bag. I love it. And do you line them with anything or are they just the quilted lining? Yes, they're all lined with fabric. I haven't finished sewing this one. So you see a pin in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. Right. And so it's just a, it's a standard fabric. It's not like you have a vinyl coated fabric or anything, correct? No, I do not yet. Okay. Well, good that's okay. Well, that's okay. you know, yeah. sometimes a lot of, I, I know that I bring in um, different types of little pouches that sometimes are not necessarily intended for needlework. So they have that vinyl lining, which can be a positive, but it also can be a negative, I suppose, too. So there's yes. no right or wrong. I was just curious. <laughs> well, that's a good idea for me to try. Um, these are all washable, though. If you got anything on them, just throw them in the washer and dryer because they're 100% cotton. 
quilting fabrics, just like okay. a quilt. So they're very washable. Here's well, another see, one. I would be afraid I'd ruin it again. We're back to our first conversation. <laughs> no, it would. I think it would just make it look more loved. Oh you know, gosh, like I love it. I, the more you wash it, the cozier it gets. And I've seen pouches that a friend of mine made and the older they get, the cuter they are. So don't be afraid to wash them. I love it. I guess I would have thought that they, that they wouldn't be too delicate for that, but you're saying that I'm overthinking that. And can you put them in the dryer too, or do you lay them flat to dry? Yeah, you dry them too. Amazing. Amazing. Happens, let me know because they, they should not be delicate. Okay. This is a one that's a little bit bigger. Ah, so so I can make them in any size. Really Another really one. Nice. You can order any size. Very nice. Well, good. Um, okay. So I'm trying to see what else we haven't talked about. Um, we talk, you, you touched on a little bit like where new innovations come from. So you're just constantly keeping your ears open and eyes open for something that needs to be solved, a problem that needs to be yeah. solved. Um, here's an example. Uh, the, we've been making the needle beaded needle vials for a while, but it was brought to my attention that the snag nabbit would not fit in there because it was too short. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's a little longer than a needle. Yes, this year the vial's longer, so the snag nabbit will fit in there. And are those plastic or glass? These are glass. Okay, and for the for the purpose of the people that are listening, it's a simple glass vial, kind of looks like a tall, skinny pill bottle that's clear, made of glass. With a twist on top and then some beautiful little beading on the top. So you can keep all your needles in one spot. And now your snag nabbit can live in there as well. So that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Good job. I'm yeah. a I'm a huge proponent of the snag nabbit. And I guess I should throw in there in case people are like, what are Ellen and Melissa talking about? Snag nabbit, do you is one in there? Did I see yeah. one? So basically, um, Ellen will show us, but it's basically a extra long needle. For the most part, on one end, it has a sharp, sharp-ish point, and then the back half of it is uh, very bristly. It's all made of metal, and so if you have a stitch that is a little bit looser tension-wise, or you have a small little thread that's come up to the front of your needlework because you didn't trim your thread closely enough to the canvas, you can put it through just like you'd put through a needle, and that bumpy end will grab those little threads or that looser stitch and pull it to the back. And it's a miracle. I think they're the best $3.50 you can spend in needlepoint ever. So yes, they're very handy. Yes. Most local needlepoint shops have them. I can tell you that both Megan and I um, kind of start to break into a sweat if we find out we have less than like five in the shop because they're just, they're an amazing little tool and they're very nice. easy to lose. So I love that you've created something uh, that, We'll keep them at the ready. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Hey, what else is new? Um, oh, we're going to start making um, Liberty covered button needle minders. Oh, pretty. So it's just just a simple fabric button, but needle my like all covered in a, in a magnet, so everything yes. to stick to it. Yes, and I hope to do them with felt and embroider them like I've made the embroidered oh. felt. But that's the facts. We'll see. 
<laughs> it depends on whether the um, machine will actually cut the fabric and turn it like a covered button is made. Yes. And that's something I think that people that don't, and, and I, of course, am not someone who knows a ton about sewing machines, et cetera, et cetera. But I think many um, crafts people are, can, can be limited by the abilities of the machines they own. And the machines can get extremely cost prohibitive. And there's an, an you know industrial type machines that you can't use on fragile fabrics. And then you sometimes can't use your standard machine for a heavier weight project. So hopefully that, I mean, I'm way oversimplifying that, but um, I guess until I was in this business, I didn't realize the variety of sewing machines that are out there and the different things that they can do. And it's, it's kind of amazing when I start talking to my, especially my pillow fabricators, I've, I've learned a lot about different types of machines and the expense of some machines and some of my pillow fabricators. And I'm sure you are in the situation as well, own three or four or five or six different sewing machines that, cause they each do something a little differently. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Which um, is why you have that big room. So you can spread it all out. Right. That's right. It's sprinkled all around the room. I love it. Um, I love it. Here's another um, product that we're working on. This is a frame weight. Last oh. year, um, fall market, I brought frame weights and everyone loved them, but they said they weren't heavy enough. So they said they, a lot of people joined in and said two pounds. What is your thought on that, Melissa? That's interesting because I've actually never weighed one. Um, I'm used to seeing, so if you are listening to us, Ellen is holding a frame weight, but it is, um, taller and more cubical than what we typically see in a frame weight. A frame weight is usually kind of, for lack of a better word, hot dog shaped, right? Long, narrow, skinny. Yes. Yes. And, um, and it enables the stitcher to, if you're stitching at a table, to put your canvas on bars on the edge of the table, the frame weight goes on the edge of the canvas and it gives you the use of both hands. So, um, I'm used to seeing them like that long, skinny shape. So I don't know how heavy ours usually are. I honestly have no idea, but I there's definitely um, a valid point and they have to be heavy enough. And yeah. I don't know what heavy enough is. I'd have to weigh mine to, to answer that question for you. Okay. But what, so, so you're, you've changed the shape. Yeah. So tell, tell me why you decided to do the one in the more cubicle shape. Well, last year, the one that I made was more like this, oh. and I just thought it was cute. I had made um, some little small sachets that were that shape. Okay, so and kind of like a, a, a cubicle triangle, which is not at all the right word, but I think that's descriptive right, enough right. for people to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, this would be cute. And some people didn't like the handle because they said this would get in the way. And, but the biggest complaint was that they weren't heavy enough, but they all sold, but, and I've had plenty of people order, but I want, I did not want anything to leak out of the bag. Number one. Right. And I want them to be the correct weight. I did try this myself for a few stitches, but I'm not used to stitching like that. So I don't know if it was, 
adequate, but this is something else we're trying to develop in time for market. Nice. So. Well, good. Yeah. I think, um, you know, many of us aspire to owning a frame stand, uh, but that is a substantial investment. So if you can purchase something that, you know, is well under a hundred dollars because a good stand is, you know, we sell the travel mate stand. I think it's $400 ish because there's a lot of engineering and things involved in the clamp and the stand and everything else. So, um, a, a nice frame weight is a poor man's uh, travel stand. And um, it's also really great when you're traveling to be able to take something like that with you because it takes up a lot less space. And um, yeah, when you're, when you're used to being able to stitch with both hands, it's hard to go back to holding with one and stitching with the other hand. So yeah. Yes. And well, and you have all of the gorgeous fabric. So this is not a far leap. Well, that was, that was my goal to use a lot of pretty fabrics. Um, so we'll see what shows up at market. I love it. So you will be in Charlotte in March. Yes, we will. Fabulous. Or we know it. <laughs> Good. And both of you, your daughter's coming along as well. Yes, she will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. My daughter is coming along as well. I've got actually a total of four of us coming. So, um, and I think I heard the other day, I think I got an email. It's like less than seven weeks away, which seems kind of crazy. So no, I can't believe it. I know, but it's the highlight for all of us in the industry to go to market. It's like all of us are kids in a candy store, at least the buyers. I think the, the sellers have a little bit more work on their plate. Maybe they don't get as excited about it as, as I do, but, um, it's, it's so much fun. It's, it's just a pleasure for us to get to do that. Of course. Well, and you you probably have a nice, are you going to drive this time? I presume fairly close. We will. I think we will. Yeah. Well, that's great. Cause I, I, I'm not complaining, but I have to say that I um, had a little sticker shock when I bought tickets from Detroit to Charlotte. Um, it's just far enough. The driving doesn't totally make sense, but my plane tickets, woo! I was like, wow, how to get so expensive to get to Charlotte. But I, no, I hear there's a, a little basketball tournament there while we're there. So that might have something oh, to do. Really? Okay. <laughs> yes. I believe the sweet 16 is that weekend, I think is the situation. So there's a oh, little competition goodness. for, for air airfare and, you know, those sports fans that they, they've got deeper pockets than us needlepoint gals, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. That will <laughs> well, be good. well, is there anything else we haven't talked about that we missed? I'm, just reviewing over my list. I think we kind of covered my list. Is there anything we we've left out that you can think of? Um, there are a few other accessories. Do you want me to show them? I would love you to. Yes, please. I know one of your laying tools is my Kelly's favorite. Yes. Um, is it the one with the rings? If you show me, I'll be able to tell you which one. I think she likes the one that has the magnet. So it's, so it leashes itself to the canvas. I mean, that's very, very pretty, but she likes the practicality of the other one. Yes. This one, the magnets are, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting everybody mixed up. The rings are made of steel and they stick to any magnet. Oh, okay. They're magnet, they're magnetized, but they're not. The rings are steel. So that's why they'll stick to any magnet. Okay. So maybe that is what she's saying. Cause she said it's a wood, it's a wood laying tool, but it still works with my needle minders. Yes. 
That's that's probably it. This oh, one, I'm probably gonna need to back up. There we go. So that's pretty. a needle minder that Mary Ellen makes all of these. They're very labor intensive. Uh, really um, pretty. And then we attach it to the laying tool. So, so for those that are listening, it's a wood laying tool with kind of a beaded, do I dare call it a leash? Sorry, I don't know if that's a, yes. a, a, an okay term that goes to the needle minder. So it will um, stay attached to your canvas, but you still have lots of working ability because of the length of the leash that keeps it tied to your canvas. Yes, you can just put it wherever you are working and it'll just hang there ready for you. I love it. And then, of course, the scissors. Have you carried these Japanese scissors? I thought they're pen, uh, they call them pen scissors. Is that correct? These pen style scissors, you pull the top off, pull the lever back. Can't do it backwards. And the blade is short enough that it's TC TSA approved. Nice. So these are great to travel with. And, and then we're, this is our felty fob, and we're actually felting leaves and flowers onto them this year, and then sewing some beads, so it makes them a little cuter. So I have people say to me all the time, well, what's the purpose of a scissor fob? And I guess I have two answers. One is, they just look cute. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we all need a little jewelry for our needlepoint, of course. Uh, but it also does make finding, because of the lobster class, you will attach that fob to your scissor handle. And so if you're digging into your project bag looking for your scissors, it makes them a little easier to find. Or if your scissors slip into the couch, it also makes them easier to find, whatever the case may be. So, And then um, this is a threader that people really love. It's made by Clover. I'm sorry, I can't get it. Um, and we attach a lobster clasp so you can put it on your lanyard or your scissors. Nice. And then we put a flower on it also. Got to make it cute. Yes. And then the other threader is the Loran threader, which is not as popular because people tend to think those hooks are hard to use. But we put little felt balls, which makes it very grabbable. Yes. Well, and I happen to like the Loran threader, um, not necessarily when I'm going to thread my needle, but it is a lifesaver if you have maybe stitched farther than you should have, and you're trying to bury that last little bit of thread. You can do a lot of like finagling. Um, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. In order to man manipulate that thread because you maybe, like I said, stitched farther than you should have. So <laughs> that's a really good idea. Keep that in mind. Yes, yes. I am so glad that we had a chance to go through all this today. And I most importantly, um, now know that you have a co owner, which I think is really fantastic. I love, I love a good mother daughter team. It's one of my dreams someday to have one of my girls go into business with me. And I, I don't think that's probably going to happen. But you know, a mom can keep dreaming. And then you have a good right. example. You never know. Good. You never know. good. And it's fun. It really is. 
I bet. I bet. Um, well, thank you for spending time with me. I know that I am very much looking forward to seeing you in March. Um, I've got a little order to place with you in the meantime, um, but your products are fantastic. Uh, you know, our needlepoint is something that we all spend a lot of time and effort and expense on. And so to have really beautiful accessories to make our stitching easier is just a fantastic um fantastic thing to be able to have so we appreciate you uh allowing your time and talents into our world so thank you so much we appreciate everyone loving them so much Uh, thank you again for your time ellen and i look forward to seeing you in march okay thank you for having us okay have a good one bye-bye bye Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.